0: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Bill Barnwell Show. Today, I'm going to be talking with ESPN's Dominique Foxworth. Yes, Dominique Foxworth is here talking about the Aaron Rodgers situation and about the first round of the NFL Draft. But before we get into today's episode, I want to quickly tell you about another ESPN podcast hosted by our very own NFL expert. You may have heard of him. His name is Adam Schefter. Of course, you know Adam Schefter, best in the business at breaking news and breaking stories more relationships than anyone else on the planet when it comes to the NFL and the Adam Schefter podcast gives you all the insider information you need to keep up with all the latest NFL news. So download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Also, don't miss Football Americas, the new soccer debate show where Hercules Gomez, former U.S. men's national team player, and Sebastian Salazar covered the U.S. and Mexican national teams throughout the season. Guys, I'm not going to lie. I am a football writer. About 80% of my DMs and Slack messages are about the U.S. men's national team and what they're going to do in the World Cup in a couple of years. So I'm very stressed about it. I'll be checking this show out week after week. Hope you guys do it as well. Stream new episodes every Monday and Thursday, only on ESPN+. Sign up now at Plus.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there is no competition. And right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight. S ave Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a Jets Pizza location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight corner pizza and get five dollars off with code eight save. That's number eight S A V E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Now, without further ado, here is Dominique Foxworth. All right, joining me now as promised here on the Bill Barnwell Show. A regular contributor, not as regular. As some might like, maybe more regular than he would like, if I have my suspicions correct, a former NFL cornerback, a former member of the NFLPA executive board, a what? How? What is your official title at of ESPN?
1: Um, eye candy.
0: I I candy
1: Professional eye candy.
0: Uh, federal body investigator. <laughs>
1: I would never work for the federal government now. That's just disrespectful.
0: What? Charles Tillman? Uh, what's good enough for Charles Tillman? Not good enough for you?
1: No, of course not. Peanut and, and his punch can go do that all they want, but I'm good.
0: Do you think at some point that he's going to like peanut punch a gun out of somebody's hand? <laughs> I
1: made mean, you think he's going to? He's already done it. I guarantee you. It just he's not a publicity hound. But he's out here saving lives with the peanut punch, causing more important fumbles than he ever did for the mm, Bears.
0: You know how, like, when, like, The Rock is in a movie, he has to do, like, one wrestling move in the course (laughs) of the movie? I feel like it's that with Peanut Tillman. He has to do the peanut punch (laughs) at some point.
1: The problem with the peanut punch is as a cornerback, like I remember when he was playing and everyone saw it and made a big deal and lots of kids. It's very much like the Steph Curry phenomenon Mm -hmm. where everyone grows up thinking that they can shoot like Steph Curry. Then they shoot half court shots and just destroy their offense. The difference is there are a lot of defensive backs that think that they can peanut punch and they are just making highlights (laughs) for other players getting run all the way over. Like I feel like I've seen it happen. Too many times last season, these highlights where these guys think they're going to cause a fumble and instead they get the eggs scrambled because they're not peanut.
0: Official old man uh, thinks, <laughs> thinks the players these days don't tackle, don't wrap up, don't practice their fundamentals. Oh,
1: I didn't wrap up. I I just wasn't trying to cause a fumble. I never wrapped up. I just shot a nice little torpedo at shin height. If you was gonna jump over me, you were just gonna jump over me. But you weren't gonna run through me. That's for damn sure. And I suggest that these other kids learn that technique.
0: A man with three forced fumbles. In his <laughs> illustrious NFL career. Uh, I'm
1: mistake that those other that those three happened. I'm disappointed in myself. <laughs> <laughs> Put myself in real d- danger like that.
0: It's Mr. Dominique Foxworth, Dominique, big Fox. (laughs) What's up? How's it going?
1: It's good, man. Just recovering from yesterday, the draft uh, extravaganza and realizing how much I appreciate the 49ers for keeping us in suspense. Like I didn't love that they had us talking about this foolishness every day, but I really appreciate it that they didn't tell us because the draft was whack until we got to them.
0: You, I mean, did you watch the first 20 minutes of the draft? Were you, like, doing something else while you were? No, the draft started at,
1: at 8, so I turned it on at 8, and I was very disappointed to see. I turned on a draft to somebody called Kings of Leon talking <laughs> about they got Grammys and whatnot, and I was like, man, don't nobody want to see this? How much did they pay to get that free advertising? Because <laughs> I hope the NFL or ESPN did not pay the, the Kings of Hooja call it to, to serenade us because I didn't enjoy it.
0: You don't think you think the kings of Leon work for free? Come on. Yeah, I mean, isn't that how the Super
1: Bowl halftime thing works? It's is is like, that true? Yeah, you have to pay or do it for free. I think because they acknowledge people who are doing the halftime show acknowledge that the value of doing the halftime show is for them. Like they got all these eyes, and then people leave and they're like, "Hey, man, that was a catchy tune. I'm gonna go stream this a million times." Yeah, so I assume. That the Kings of Leon's producers or their record label was like, hey, ESPN or hey, NFL, if you show three minutes or two minutes of us playing some nonsense, we'll give you some money or at least they did it for free. I can't imagine they paid for that. You think we paid for that? If so, I'm upset.
0: You know how old Paul McCartney is, Dominic? He's 78 years old. Wow. You think Paul McCartney gets out of bed for anything less than like a million dollars? It's no way. Paul McCartney paid the NFL. No, Kings of Leon. Kings of Leon, maybe.
1: Okay. So Paul McCartney, what is what is this a reference to? Did he do a halftime show or something?
0: He did a halftime show, didn't
1: he? Oh, yeah. I don't know. I so you're assuming that that and there is an amount of money for certain people to turn down other money, like Paul McCartney. There is no amount of money that's enough I would think to change his lifestyle to make him get out of bed. The only reason mm-hmm. why Paul McCartney is doing the halftime show is because Paul McCartney could want somebody to be looking at Paul McCartney and talking about Paul McCartney. So your argument that they had to pay him enough to show up doesn't really hold up because mm. it's not like now he can afford a big house or now he can get that private jet he's always had his eye on. He had that for 30 years now, so maybe longer. So I think that yes, Paul McCartney will show up for free because Paul McCartney misses those gaggles of women that we've seen screaming for him when his, or I guess they were girls back then, when his little goofy plane landed in the U.S.
0: You know there's always somebody with a nicer plane than you. You know (laughs) there's a reason rich people still try to make more money. Now, I'm going to leave that aside, Dominique Fox. Do you remember, I did some research while you were rambling about Paul McCartney. Do you remember your first forced fumble?
1: In the NFL? I don't re- NFL. I, Honestly, I don't remember any of my forced fumbles in the NFL. Uh,
0: it looks like you forced a fumble from Daniel Graham of the New England Patriots. Oh. Second quarter of a game against the Patriots. That's the good news. The bad news is that on the prior drive, you committed two penalties in sixth place.
1: Oh, wow. What were the penalties? Were they good penalties? Were they like aggressive penalties?
0: A face mask. For one of
1: nice nice again I'm not gonna get run over I'll grab your <laughs> face mask I'll do I'll jump at your knees What was the other penalty
0: uh it was on special teams oh, uh good. it's listed, listed on proofable reference as an illegal block above the but then nothing else is listed so we don't know what body uh, part yeah. was
1: <laughs> <laughs> so this was um in in Denver I think we won that game
0: uh, did you win that game? It was yeah, nothing. We you actually won 2820.
1: Yeah, we beat them like three or four times when I was in Denver. Um, once in the playoffs. And then one time we went to New England and I dropped two interceptions, but I blocked a field goal. So we won. <laughs> Yeah. Tom Brady, Tom Tom Brady to me, threw me too. like, I I remember that much more than I remember anything positive that ever happened in my career is they were easy. He threw them right to my chest. I was playing nickel and they bounced off and hit the ground. I was so happy that I blocked the game winning field goal because that would have been a real sad flight home.
0: You had nine tackles in the second half of this game.
1: I was playing nickel and um, and, no, 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 no. Well, yeah, champ was on the other side. They're always going at me, but I was, I, uh, that first game, I don't even know if I was starting and I may not even start. I might've just been in at nickel, which is when a 170 pound nickelback is in there, they run the ball at him a lot. So mm-hmm. that might've been it. I had like 12 tackles in a game against the
0: Cincinnati, Cincinnati. Bengals, which yeah. by the way, another game where you had a forced fumble.
1: Oh man. I'm so disappointed in these forced fumbles. That's not what I want to do. That's, Oh, well, well, yeah, I remember that game. I played safety in that game and a lot of nickels. So yeah, I had to play a lot. I had to make a lot of tackles. Oh, you
0: forced, forced a fumble of Chad Johnson. Fortunately, Champ Bailey was around to recover it and return it. Ooh, so Praise Jesus.
1: By, by, I mean, every just about everything in the three years that I played in Denver, you can preface it with, fortunately, Champ Bailey was around, <laughs> comma, and then say whatever you want after that. Like on the field and off. That was my life in Denver was... Fortunately, Chant Bailey was around.
0: That's smart. That's smart. Uh, I just just as I attach myself <laughs> to a superstar like Dominique Foxworth, you <laughs> do the same thing with Champ Bailey. That's just smart. Uh, now, man.
1: so so I'm a barnacle with a barnacle. I love it.
0: Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> impressive. Impressive thinking on the fly. That is the that is the morning show training right there. Now <laughs> I'm gonna ease you into this one. We're gonna recap the draft today. This is Dominique Foxworth. I don't know if I actually ever mentioned finish the introduction. For the show. Yeah, you did.
1: You did. But, I heard you say my name.
0: But Dominique, we're gonna start with a very morning show question. We'll work our way into the deeper analysis of the NFL draft. Let's start with the biggest story from yesterday, which had nothing to do with the draft. Oh yeah. Aaron Rodgers. Are the Packers disrespecting Aaron Rodgers? And is he in the right to seemingly want to stop playing for the Green Bay Packers?
1: Oh man. Um I don't feel like there's a right and wrong but I mean I guess for this this morning show cosplay that you want to do I Mm -hmm. can say that I side more with Aaron Rodgers than I do with the Packers but I also at one point was president of the players union so I'm I am predisposed to side with the players so I am not one who thinks that the Packers like completely mistreated Aaron Rodgers all throughout this process but I also believe that This tends to be the case with general managers and and management in general. Uh, Mm -hmm. This goes beyond sports is they don't necessarily consider the employees people. And most of the time, that's fine because no single employee has that much power or leverage. Like that's the point of unions in many workplaces. Mm -hmm. But when that single employee is a future Hall of Famer and maybe the best, not maybe, the best player you've ever had, you have to consider his feelings. So you can draft a corner over a corner that you already have or draft a new center when you still have a center because they don't have the leverage to to do anything about it. But I think that that was a a huge error for them to trade up and draft a cornerback, a quarterback, while Aaron Rodgers was still there. He gave him one more year of MVP level football. But if you have to blame somebody, I think you gotta blame old Gudicus, not um Aaron Rodgers for the way that this is uh panned out. Old Gudicus. I like Goody. I don't know if he likes that as a, as a nickname, but I'm I'm pushing Goody as the nickname. Little Goody? Kid oh, yeah. Goody? Lil' Goody, oh, I don't know if he can float though. You can't go, you can't go, kid Goody or Little Goody unless I'm you have some bars.
0: I'm, I'm, I'm gonna speculate here. I, I haven't heard it. I haven't heard him attempt, but this, this white dude who grew up in uh, Raleigh and has spent the last twenty five years in uh. Wisconsin. I, I don't think. I don't think. I don't think he has any bars, personally. I guess- mean, I don't know. I
1: don't know. He grew up on hip-hop. Like, I feel like anybody now is different. It's not like when we were kids where, like, hip-hop was coming out of, like, Black neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. Like, now, hip-hop has been the pred- predominant art form in American
0: culture, like, musically, for the last 20 years or so. So, Goody got bars. We live We live in a post-Drewlock society. You know, at any time, at any time, you just see someone on the sideline just going at it, which is fine. That's great. Um, Here's my question for you, though. Like, it would be one thing if this were the Carson Wentz situation where you would say, "Okay, listen, this coach mistreated me. I don't feel welcome in this organization. We suck. We're not playing well. I'm a mess. Like, I just need a clean break. The Packers are good. The Packers are like maybe two Bad calls away from making it to the Super Bowl last year. Rodgers won the MVP. Like, for whatever complaints there have been about not adding enough weapons for Aaron Rodgers, like, that has not been the problem with this football team.
1: That is assuming that, and you, sir, like, not just romantic relationships, but you have relationships in your life, romantic and otherwise. You understand that there are more dynamics than just one in a relationship. So yeah, maybe if we're going to use this analogy, maybe that his, his significant other in this case is the Packers are hitting the ball out of the park in mm-hmm. one category, but they are failing him emotionally. Mm. And <laughs> You can't do that. You got, you got to hit the ball out of the park in all categories or underachieve in all categories. That's always the move. Don't, don't have them expecting something that you can't deliver consistently.
0: Set expectations low. Is the, is the <laughs> or no, 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 no,
1: no, no. Set reasonable expectations, expectations that you can meet. They okay. cannot meet his emotional expectations.
0: Okay. So then what do you think the goal is here for Aaron Rodgers? Like, do you think that he is actually really trying to leave this organization?
1: I have no re- reason to believe he's not. What, I mean, what else do you think he wants? Because from what I understand, they offered him a contract extension, uh I suspect that if he wanted to pick their first round player this year, he, they would have let him do that too. Um I, I, or do you think he just wants some attention? Like he's he's out here on his Paul McCartney just trying to get people mm-hmm. to look at him. Like, I don't I, I don't see Aaron Rodgers as a guy who like needs this type of attention necessarily, Like, man, just hosted Jeopardy.
0: The ultimate, the highest <laughs> I mean... the pinnacle of attention is hosting jeopardy. Uh, I mean
1: he's engaged. Like he's, it seems like he's not, he's not uh, pining for attention necessarily. So what do you think? You're asking me all the questions. Like I'm some sort of expert. This
0: this is is how this show works. You've been on the show before. (laughs) I ask you the questions. You Uh, give the answers now. No, I want to know what you think. Okay. Here's what I think. You said the Packers offered him an extension extension can be a lot of things. If an extension is just a, we'll throw $40 million in unguaranteed money on the back end of your deal, and we're not going to change anything significantly, that might be an extension offer, but that offer is no good. We don't know if he got the kind of offer that would make him feel differently about his situation with the organization. Because to me, I look at Aaron Rodgers, I see a guy who won the MVP, did everything the Packers could have asked, didn't you know? throw his toys in uh, the pram last year, whatever the US version of that saying is. Like he... He showed up and was great from start to finish and his situation has not changed. He still has, he still has no trade clause. He still has no, no trade clause. I should say he still is underpaid he has $73 million coming over the next three years, which is not market value for quarterbacks at this point. And the Packers could see, you know, could at the end of this year trade him to the Texans or trade him to whatever organization they want to with no leverage for Aaron Rodgers And, If you're going to offer him a contract that doesn't, number one, give him a no trade clause, number two, lock him in as the starter for the Packers for years to come financially, where he doesn't have to worry about losing his job to Jordan Love anymore, I don't think that extension is going to move the needle for Aaron Rodgers. So, I mean,
1: you say he has no leverage and they can trade him wherever they want. I guess that depends on what for us to like properly do this, we need to make some assumptions about Aaron Rodgers. That I think that's the problem is you and I disagree on the mindset of Aaron Rodgers. And like I fully believe that Aaron Rodgers would be comfortable with not playing. So that is a no trade clause. Like here's here's the problem. That was the no trade clause that Gronk exercised when they tried to trade him to Detroit. He's like, All right, I'm good.
0: Big is- difference. Okay. Big difference between these two trade clauses. The difference is that if Aaron Rodgers were to retire tomorrow, the Packers could uh, send him a bill for $30 million. Right. Now, Aaron Rodgers got a lot of money. Right? Are you going to write a check for $30 million when you just won the MVP last year to not play for the Packers? Is that, I'm not. It, but but if like, like anyone time. is anyone, like, like, is that a reasonable possibility for any player at that level of his career? where he right. is playing at the highest level imaginable that he would just abandon it just out of sheer frustration with the Packers. Do you believe that? Um, I think
1: it is unlikely, but
0: I've never been
1: like felt this level of disrespect while also having this level of power. So I guess this goes back and again, it was us uh, having some foresight that we didn't know we had talking about uh Paul McCartney at the beginning of this, but like, what happens to Aaron Rodgers' life if he has to write this check to go back? Like, I imagine Aaron Rodgers will find another way to make money. He's not going to have to sell his house. I assume that he's been semi-responsible. Like, he doesn't have kids. He's not yet married. Like, there are, uh, there aren't very many financial constraints on Aaron Rodgers if he is willing to look across at them because this suggests that there's no pressure on them. So, like. I feel like Aaron Rodgers is in a different place than Gutekunst and that Aaron Rodgers could survive and not actually be impacted by sending that money back. Whereas it's very different for the Packers. The Packers will not be very good next year. I'm assuming if Aaron Rodgers does not show up and that's a different story. They're going to be like, all right, well, we have this, this diamond, essentially. Well, I guess diamonds a bad example because this is getting less value valuable with age, Mm -hmm. but they have this very valuable thing that is losing value every day. I feel like the pressure on them to trade him and get something for that or to make him happy in whatever way you think they can to get him back. The pressure on them is so much higher than the pressure is on, on him. If we're playing Mm -hmm. chicken, they got to
0: turn first, right? I don't know. I mean, I want you to imagine just getting the check out of your checkbook, Mm -hmm. putting it down on your desk, taking out your nicest pen and writing a three with seven zeros after it and mailing it to this organization that you hate so much that you're quitting rather than go play for them.
1: No, that that's a hard thing to do, but it's not the same as, packing up your stuff and leaving your house or not being able to go on vacation or having your, your, um, your car repossessed, like nothing painful is actually going to happen outside of sending that check. Like Aaron Rodgers isn't going to change his lifestyle. He's not going to have to start shopping at Goodwill. Now imagine the feeling that you then have when you watch all these people whom you hate burn because they, uh, cause they upset you. Like, I don't know, maybe you're a bigger man than me, but that no, feels, I'm that not- sounds like, that sounds like it feels really 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 good to be sitting at home smoking a cigar. I assume Aaron Rodgers smokes cigars. He looks oh, yeah. like he smokes
0: cigars. For sure. Sure.
1: Sitting at home smoking a cigar while while they go 2 and 8 and everyone's like, "Man, they sure this mess this up." And on all the sports shows like, "Man, they sure this mess this up." And then they're in a panic. Then they come to you like, "What do you want? Whatever you want, we do, we'll do it immediately. We'll trade you. We'll sign you like that." I don't know. Maybe I, I, I guess I'm a little bit less risk averse than you are or more risk seeking than you, because I understand the risk of that moment. And yeah. that seems a little bit more enticing to me than going back and working for these people for another season that I feel like don't respect me.
0: Now, let me play the other side of this coin. Why don't the Packers just do the things Aaron Rodgers wants them to do?
1: I don't know. Well, I don't know what Aaron Rodgers wants them to do, but if but, the if one thing was fire the coach, they did that McCarthy, it took yeah. forever, but they did that. That was a thing that they should have done sooner. And presumably Aaron Rodgers wanted that done sooner. If it was not draft a quarterback for the future, but draft somebody that can help us now. Then I agree with them. If it was not used a second round pick on on a running back, then I agree with Aaron Rodgers. They should be doing what they want them to do. I agree with them drafting a corner yesterday because I watched the um, the championship game and I understand why you need to draft a corner. But and if it's give Aaron Rodgers an extension, I am on board with that because it's so tough to win a Super Bowl and you they are very close to doing so. And if the difference is a happy quarterback or an unhappy quarterback. Short of giving him all the equity in the team, I feel like you gotta take the steps you need to to make this happen.
0: I mean, this is a team that doesn't even have a real owner. Like they're right. owned by they could just give Rogers equity in the team. That wouldn't even be that big of a deal. I mean, I'm sure it's a
1: violation of the CBA, but other than that, go for it.
0: He can't buy Packers stock? Nah. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. What if he what if he what if he leaves the Packers, retires, and then starts a GoFundMe to buy the Packers? Like to buy all well, the I stock mean, in the Packers
1: once he's retired. It's different, but you can't give ownership of a team as compensation. Like that's just a uh, outside the contract. That's the same as like like paying somebody under the table. Like finding some way out to a loophole to evade the salary
0: cap. That never happened with Tom Brady and the Patriots, though, as we know. <gasps> what?
1: That's not. What are you talking about? I don't. I know. mean, it's never happened in any sport. No one's ever uh, financed a, a movie for one of their top players or anything like that. That's allegedly,
0: not. allegedly. But
1: I said it never happened. I wasn't saying that it did happen. I said it never. You don't have to allege it something that never happened.
0: I'm, I'm alleging. I'm allegedly being <laughs> my side of this conversation. <laughs> All right. So, what do you think's gonna happen? Week one of the twenty twenty one season. Where is Aaron Rodgers? Is he? Under center for the Packers? Is he playing for another team? Is he on the set of Jeopardy? Where is Aaron Rodgers?
1: We Denver won. Broncos.
0: Denver, you believe the Denver Broncos are going to trade for Aaron Rodgers?
1: Yes, I do. Is that because I, it's the
0: most interesting option or because you actually believe
1: it? I mean, I can't separate the two in my mind, if I'm being honest with you. Okay. I, I maybe, maybe I've convinced myself that it's realistic because I really want it to happen. But I do think it's so suspicious that the Broncos who everyone knows needs a quarterback had two feasible quarterbacks on the board. Mm-hmm. The Packers whom everyone knows needs a cornerback were sitting there and the Broncos who don't, I mean, in my view, maybe you assess their roster differently. They don't need a first round cornerback. Um, They drafted a cornerback in that spot. Like to me, that feels like they're waiting for the proper time to pull this deal off, but they feel confident that they're going to get it done because that's a pretty close to that's one of the rosters. I know everyone thinks they're a quarterback away, but I think you can realistically say the Broncos are a quarterback away, especially if that quarterback is Aaron Rodgers. So why they wouldn't draft uh fields or even Mac Jones uh yesterday when they had the chance and instead draft a corner at a position that, I mean, I feel like they're, solid at least it it, to me it it feels like the broncos know something that we we don't
0: so disrespectful to other cornerbacks so disrespectful
1: (laughs) i love cornerbacks it's uh, cornerbacks and tackles like you can never have too many of them but when you got what three or four outstanding pass catchers and a quarterback who can't get it to them Mm -hmm. you gotta address that situation Mm
0: -hmm. You don't think Teddy Bridgewater solved the Broncos problems?
1: Ah, uh, I did love their tweet. What was their tweet? So when they got Teddy Bridgewater, you remember that that um, video t- Teddy Bridgewater when he went back to his high school and he was like doing the strut. Yeah. So they had like the, the band girls in front strutting and he was like the last one behind them doing the strut. So they sent out that video again of Teddy Bridgewater, but with a Broncos logo on his chest.
0: Wow.
1: So that was a fun tweet, but uh nah. They're not you winning know. a Super Bowl with Teddy B. That hurts. I'm sorry. I See, wish they would.
0: See my friends fall off the Teddy Bridgewater bandwagon hurts me the most, <laughs> I feel like.
1: No, 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 I'm not getting off the Teddy Bridgewater bandwagon. You I'm are just also looking around that division and thinking that's that's a lot to ask for Teddy B.
0: You're hanging off the side of the bandwagon waiting <laughs> okay. for it to stop. So you can jump off. Is what is happening.
1: <laughs> I mean, fine. I'll take it. I'm not ashamed. I am not ashamed. I like Teddy Bridgewater. He's had an incredible career. It's been a beautiful comeback story. However, if there is a big old bandwagon pulling up mm-hmm. with uh, the number 12 on it. Yes. I got a foot off of Teddy B's bandwagon trying to get on to that Aaron Rodgers bandwagon.
0: Okay. I I think Aaron Rodgers will be playing for the Green Bay Packers week one of the 2021 season. I think nothing will change.
1: Well, I appreciate him for giving us something to talk about until the season starts, because if (laughs) nothing else, we don't have to talk about the same old stuff every day.
0: What are you going to talk about on morning TV without Dak having a, a contract to worry about now?
1: Aaron Rodgers being disrespected. Obviously, this is going to be my new thing. That's my three new um, soapbox.
0: I'm hey, happy we were able three to Three months? We did We did Dak for three years. Three
1: months <laughs> is, is light work, Bill.
0: Well, fortunately, a lot of other quarterbacks to talk about after last night's first round of the NFL draft. Let's run through them quick, a bunch of them. Start with Trevor Lawrence at one. Is it weird that we're, like, not talking about this at all? Like, you know, the consensus like best player in college football for the past two years uh going pro going to the jags like fundamentally changing an organization probably and we're all just kind of like yeah like there's more interesting things to talk about like is there just nothing to say here
1: um i don't know about fundamentally changing an organization i guess they found a good quarterback but uh, they also then went and drafted travis etienne with their second pick so oh wait i'm not sure wait
0: Am I actually going to defend a running oh, back being selected more than Do you? it! Do it! Do it! Here's the thing, How? Dominic. How do you defend this? Sometimes it's about making <laughs> a smaller mistake as opposed to a bigger one. This is a <laughs> Jags organization that recently spent a top five pick on a running back. Yes. A team that used multiple contracts in free agency to sign guys like Toby Gerhardt and Chris yes. Ivory. If drafting Travis Etienne at, at 25 means they're not going to sign a running back to like a $12 million a year contract, that's better <laughs> than the alternative.
1: Okay. I mean, I guess I was hoping that they could do neither of those things, but <laughs> no. I, I mean, if that's your argument, I, I'm fine with it. It's, it's like um, like someone drinking a gallon of milk because they're like, you know what? If I drink all this milk, then I won't drink any alcohol. Like, uh, it's going to make you uncomfortable. It's going to make your stomach hurt. But if it avoids whatever bad decisions come with you drinking alcohol, then, uh, then more power to you, I guess. Get that Etienne milk.
0: Just picture the Jags with, like, two gallons of milk in the other hand and knocking them together like Stone Cold Steve Austin as they call in the pick of Travis Etienne.
1: <laughs> no hands left for beer. <laughs> I like it.
0: I mean, like, I, I think that's a defensible move. Now, they're coming out and saying, oh, he's going to be – our third down back? Like, no, you do not need to take a third down back at 25. Duke Johnson is out. I don't know who he offended, but Duke Johnson is out there in free agency looking for a job. And yet the Jags are taking Travis Etienne in the first round to be let the me, third down back.
1: Let me introduce a concept to you, Bill. Okay, please. Opportunity costs. You want me to oh, explain this, to you what that is?
0: This is the Harvard Business School. How many coming into play here?
1: <laughs> no, not at all. Um, This is logical and reasonable. Like, I mean, Bill, you know this as as well as anybody, but I guess you're not defending it. You're defending it because it's like it keeps them from doing something even dumber. You acknowledge that they could have used that pick uh, on something wiser in that moment. Oh, yeah, of course. Okay, 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 okay. cool. Then we don't have to waste time with this conversation. We're on the same page. We both acknowledge that it was a bad choice.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Saying It could have been worse. Uh, Okay, at three. Uh, Do you want to talk about Zach Wilson? You well, see yeah, this-
1: I I don't know. I'm sh- I'm more shocked that we're not having more Zach Wilson conversations than I am that we're not having Trevor Lawrence conversations. Because there's not much to say about Trevor Lawrence because he was awesome for three years in college, and he doesn't really have any. There's not much to be critical of until he actually plays. He's kind of a boring guy generally. But the Zach Wilson stuff to me is more interesting because he was not awesome for 3 years. He played against a low caliber of talent mm-hmm. and there is like uh maybe even not unfounded but reasonable concerns about like what type of locker room influence he will have because of the whole not a captain thing. Like there is a lot more questions to have about him that we're not talking about than I think Trevor Lawrence.
0: Do you put a lot of stock in the captain thing being meaningful? No, I don't put
1: much stock in the captain thing being, being meaningful. It's weird because like every team I've ever been on uh, across all levels, it's like the captaincy comes along with the starting quarterback thing. Like, it's just a thing that happens. So it's unusual to me, but it doesn't mean that he can't be like a, a a good person to have in the locker room. It's just weird. And I'm surprised that it hasn't become a, a bigger thing. I think the, the talent, that he was going up against is more concerning to me.
0: Oh, I have two things off the field that I find interesting about Zach Wilson, both of which popped up yesterday. Number one, uh, on ESPN radio, someone said Zach Wilson was a self-made person and Bart Scott pointed out, doesn't his uncle own JetBlue? Which is true. <laughs> uh, his uncle is the uh, guy who created JetBlue Airlines. So he's probably uh... doing okay for himself. Number two, on nfl network they asked zach wilson uh you know you're from utah how do you feel about moving to new york and his answer was something like oh you know uh it's going to be tough but you know i I think we're going to persevere and pull through it like he treated he treated like like moving to new york like it was a serious injury which i think is very very disconcerting
1: well in his defense on both counts nobody is self-made. Like that's just a, a ridiculous thing to say about any individual. Like they just made themselves. Like that just doesn't make any sense. And number two, he didn't even hear the question. Like that's, <laughs> that's his answer to everything. Like he got his media training is just say, persevere, persevere, say something about God and we, and get up out of that interview. That's what happened. <laughs> I,
0: know. I just think it's funny. Just the idea of it him, like the idea of like him, you know, taking the subway one day and just getting stuck and just like, you know, just crawling into a ball in the middle of like the <laughs> Union Square. Uh, he's not going to
1: crawl into a ball. He told you he's going to persevere. He's going to cry and fight. He might be bleeding, but he's going to finish that subway
0: ride. Yeah. I've said, I- I've said, I'll persevere through stuff before and I've ended up curled up in a ball <laughs> crying. So I know how that goes. Uh, uh, at three, the Niners and Trey Lance. Does I, I think the feeling I had, after the Niners picked Trey Lance was almost like relief. Like I have no vested interest in the Niners, but it just like feeling like I was being gaslit for a month and a half about Mac Jones. It was nice to like, Oh, there's actually like a logical plan here that makes sense.
1: Yeah. I, I felt the same thing where it was like the last couple of years, we can say like the world has been weird and unusual. Sure. And this was one moment where I was like, Hey, all right things ain't as crazy as I thought. <laughs> like I, I am not in bizarro world completely because this is a logical decision that makes sense to me, but it is interesting how they allowed us to be gaslit up until this point. So much so that we're all celebrating this pick, but under normal circumstances, like this pick would have been criticized mm. if they haven't hadn't introduced the, the asinine concept that they were going to trade all this to move up to get uh, Mac Jones. Drafting Trey Lance, who had what is it, sixteen college games or something a like that, three
0: hundred career, three hundred eleven career yes, pass attempts
1: and, uh, against Youngstown State and the like. Oh, um, oh come on! <laughs> yeah, I got I got a little um relationship with with the Gwens out there. Go Gwens! Um, <laughs> like we would be looking at this and being like, man, you guys passed on Justin Fields. For, for this, but they set it up perfectly. So now we're all like, man, look at this Shanahan-Lynch combo. They're so smart.
0: Now, the post-draft conversations from Kyle Shanahan, like, oh, yeah, we didn't want to, you know, media was going to say what they wanted. We didn't want to dispel any criticisms. Like, you went out in a press conference, like, earlier this week. You chose to go in a press conference. Well, it wasn't even like a conference you had to throw. Right. You went out of your way to have a press conference where you were like, Yeah, we like all the quarterbacks. We're pretty much good with any of them. Like, you <laughs> said that. That was not the media. That was your. I, choice. I,
1: I don't like the disdain in your voice. Like, I did you or did you not enjoy that moment in the draft? They I created that. that for us. Right. So they'd get the disdain out your voice. I hate that the, I guess the Jaguars was kind of like a foregone conclusion, but I hate that the Jets let the word leak. Like, it would have been so much more fun. Can you imagine what we'd be doing today? Because it would have been such a shock. Because we've been talking about uh, Lawrence and Fields since they were in high school. Mm -hmm. And then they would have popped up with this kid from BYU. It would have been so much fun. And then after that, they would have popped up with this kid, Trey Lance. It would have been so exciting and fun. So I'm not mad at the 49ers. I'm mad at the Jets for stealing my fun.
0: We probably would have had about eight picks of – People frantically trying to find Justin Fields uh gas mask bong if <laughs> if that had happened. So I'm happy, happy we didn't have to go through that. Oh, it's a new
1: day. So that was that was a long time ago. I feel like a gas mask bong might get you moved up in the draft easily. That's days.
0: true. That's true. It is legal in some places to have a gas mm-hmm. mask bong. I uh I, I'm excited about this. I mean, I I like Trey Lance. I think the upside there is incredible. Uh in terms of what the Niners do next I mean there have been days where they've said Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be our quarterback of the future uh our quarterback for 2021 we're not moving on from Jimmy there have been days where they have said basically uh the world's ending and Jimmy Garoppolo is probably going to go with it now (laughs) somewhere between those two is the Jimmy Garoppolo that's going to be on the field in 2021 so do you think the Niners will actually hold on to Jimmy Garoppolo for the 2021 season and should they?
1: I absolutely think they will. And I think they should really. Yeah. I was, I, I, I'm deciding right now, as you ask me because I've never considered whether I think they should or shouldn't, but I think they will. Um, I don't know how good Trey Lance is actually going to be. I mm-hmm. do know that a healthy Jimmy Garoppolo is not great, but, it can be pretty good. And it's Kyle Shanahan offense. So I am not of the belief that Trey Lance has to sit in this, this uh, Mahomes, Alex Smith thing. Like I don't believe that Mahomes had that first, his first year as a starter was great because he sat behind Alex Smith. I believe that if they started Mahomes week two, week four, in that first year, maybe it'd have been a little rocky, but Mahomes was going to ball out. Mm -hmm. So I feel like the same thing is probably true for Trey Lance. It's like, it doesn't take that long to understand. And from what I understand, he already understands NFL defenses. And he's one of the smartest quarterbacks in the draft is what I've been hearing. So it won't take him that long to figure this stuff out. All the improvement after that, like all the stuff you can learn from sitting on the sideline. That's one thing. I think he'll pick that up. The rest of the improvement comes from playing. Like it comes from being with the ones in practice and going out on the field and actually doing it. So I'm not a big proponent of we got to sit this guy. He's not ready right away. I think that's just foolishness.
0: I've always said this. I've no, no NFL team is brave enough to give me reps with the ones, which is why I don't have any sort of NFL (laughs) career. Now the point I made in my column this week about teams and their young quarterbacks is that basically we see teams who have a timeframe of, okay, we're going to draft a quarterback in our heads. We're going to sit him for a year. We're going to get him talent over that next year, whether it be in the drafted free agency. And then by year two, we're going to see that Mahomes breakout season. And the reality is that doesn't happen. I mean, outside yeah. of Mahomes and Jordan Love, where you had, you know, a team that was super competitive with the Chiefs and an MVP in Aaron Rodgers, these guys come to play. Josh Allen was sitting, he was in halfway through week one. Same thing with Deshaun Watson behind Tom Savage. Lake Bortles was a guy who was supposed to redshirt his freshman year or his first year uh, with the Jags. He was in by, I think, week three. Like these guys always get in earlier than people expect. So and then on top of that, we know that after three years, pretty much teams are deciding because of that fifth year option now where it's fully guaranteed. You're either basically giving your guy a contract extension after three years or you're declining his option or you're trading him and moving on. So the clock is ticking from day one. Like You don't have a super long evaluation process. So number one, that means you have to surround your guy with talent from the moment he gets to your organization. You can't wait yeah. a year to get those receivers and offensive linemen. And number two, like you might only have two years before two years of evaluation if you're going to have that guy take his first year on the bench before you can make a big decision about the future of your franchise. And we've seen with the Rams, with the Eagles, that even if your guy looks good for a stretch, you might still regret the decision a couple of years later. So <laughs> I, to me, I, I think, just for information purposes alone, especially for a team with the Niners where they have a ton of talent around him already. Like, I think you have to get him on the field for One.
1: Yeah. I don't know what they're wait, what they would be waiting for. The situation is as good as it's going to get like that situation minus the quarterback is, I mean, what more can you ask for for a rookie quarterback to step into like with a really good defense and talent all around him and a great offensive line. Like that's, I'm not sure what more you can ask for. So, like, if he – unless he, like, can't read when they get there, I I don't know what – I mean, read defenses. I assume he can read books. But unless he just can't do any of the things that we expect he can do, like, I I don't understand why you wouldn't put him out on the field. And, yeah, I just don't get what people are expecting, this growth that they're expecting. And that Mahomes thing has got – people's mind all messed up thinking that somehow him sitting out a year is the reason why he is the player that he is right now like no that is not there was nothing that alex smith did andy Reid was busy prepping for games he wasn't like coaching up patrick mahomes like patrick mahomes would have been good had they started him with the ones off the off the beginning of his career and that year off is nothing to be like excited about and proud of in my view
0: you don't think Alex Smith was teaching him like, yeah, cycle for eight seconds through the backfield. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: anything. No disrespect. Alex Smith, great sure. hero of recovery. But I do not want Alex Smith teaching my young gunslinger how to check the ball down.
0: No, I mean, that's, if you want to be like Alex Smith, that's fine. Right. But that's not what Patrick Mahomes does. They're not the same kind of quarterback. A quarterback who is like another quarterback is Mac Jones, who is like Tom Brady, because (laughs) uh, they're both white and tall and uh, don't
1: have any definition,
0: don't have any, don't have any muscles definition heading into the NFL. Um, Are there other reasons why you think people are making comparisons to Mac for Mac Jones, Tom Brady, uh, as he enters the NFL with the Patriots? And do you think those comparisons are fair?
1: I know the comparisons aren't fair. There aren't any other reasons. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm i racking my brain for another similarity, but you named them all. Um, That's uh, high expectations for him. Uh, Tom Brady obviously was not drafted in the first round, so that's a major difference. And Mac Jones is going from a NFL-caliber offense to a – maybe NFL <laughs> <Callum Robins. laughs> like the weapons that he had to work with. I mean, multiplied by the defenses that he had to go against. Like mm-hmm. this might be a bigger leap than Dre Lance is making from that competition to where he is. So they're going to be asking a, a lot of him if they're going to, if he's going to start early on because Nelson Aguilar had a great season last year, but him and Nikhil Harry are not going to be nearly as open as uh as Mac Jones has has become accustomed to uh, mm-hmm. in his last year at, at Alabama. So we'll see. I don't, I, I understand why everyone's celebrating, I guess, but I'm not sure. Like, if we think about this whole offseason or this whole draft lead up, like Mac Jones got pumped up a lot having done nothing to like earn it. He just got pumped up because the rumors were Kyle Shanahan liked him.
0: No, I mean, I think that's totally fair. And, I think some of the arguments that I've heard are just straight up nonsense. Like the idea that Mac Jones is like a departure from RPO quarterbacks when they probably, (laughs) probably ran an RPO every single drive he had uh, as a college quarterback. Um, I mean, like I I guess I wonder what this offense is going to look like because the Patriots offense last year with cam, obviously totally different. He was a force in the running game. Their passing game was pretty diminished. Uh, Of course, part of that is, that they had the worst receivers in football probably in terms of a talent basis but i mean does the fact that they're probably going to run a different offense with mac jones make it harder for cam to begin the season as the starter here
1: i don't think so because i i mean i understand what people are saying when they talk about that but we hear it all the time except it's normally the other way around it's like meant to keep a team from bringing in a more athletic quarterback because they're like man then they have to learn two offenses. But if you actually think about it, the the plays they don't change that much. Like the blocking scheme doesn't change that much. Mm-hmm. It's just you, they're still running power, so the O line doesn't have to learn two different power blocking schemes. The only thing that that changes is Mac Jones will hand it off every time, and sometimes Cam won't. Like I don't mm-hmm. think the passing concepts are all that are going to be all that different. The passing concepts are still the same. Uh, I, I think. Cam's ability to attack down the field was diminished. So maybe they'll call more deep routes than they Mm -hmm. did in the past, but I don't think that there's really, I don't, I I just don't think it's that different to have, or that difficult to have uh, quarterbacks of two different styles uh, on the same team and then switch to
0: offense. Mm -hmm. Now I tweeted out a photo of ranch dressing when the (laughs) Patriots drafted Mac Jones. Was that too subtle? Should I have gone with a more obvious signifier of, uh, white people.
1: <laughs> I don't know that there is a more obvious signifier. I think you nailed it. Uh, I felt I like it was
0: pretty clear, but apparently not.
1: <laughs> oh, people were confused.
0: Yeah. I don't, know I, I, I don't, I don't understand either. I mean, I feel like it was very straightforward. Um, yeah. anyway, last quarterback in the group bears trading up for Justin Fields. Um, I mean, certainly you know, can make the case the Bears need another the quarterback of the future with Andy Dalton and Nick Foles uh, as their quarterbacks for the 2021 season. Are you excited for Justin Fields, given the situation?
1: Um, I'm excited to watch Justin Fields. Yeah. I'm not excited for Justin Fields.
0: I am not excited for Justin Fields. here.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think there's two different things. So, like, I don't think the situation is great.
0: It's terrible. So, uh, yeah, I, be like, I, don't, I don't think it's yeah. much worse.
1: Yeah. So I'm not excited for him. Like I'm not, if I was his friend, I wouldn't call him and be like, Hey man, this is awesome. But I am looking forward to him getting out there and playing, but it's terrible to go to an org to land somewhere and walk into a locker room or walk into a building and realize that the livelihoods of everyone in this building is dependent on you. And if you do not uh, come through, they're all going to get fired and you're going to end up that quarterback who's had three coordinators in five years. And then where the whole rest of the league is going to be like, well, we don't know what to think about Justin Fields. Like, that's what it feels like. It's shaping up to to me to be like, Um,
0: I think it's true, though. I mean, this is a team that we've seen now, whether it's Mike Lennon, whether it's Mitchell Trubisky, whether it's Nick Foles a team that's been like, Oh yeah, we got this. You know, we're, we are, we got the quarterback we want. We have the right pieces around him, the right? Coaches around him. We're going to be just fine. Mike Lennon did not work out. Mitchell Trubisky showed some signs here and there crucially did not develop beyond being a kind of athletic quarterback. Uh, did not work out. Nick Foles. I mean, did not work out whatsoever. Um, with Justin Fields, uh, they might even be in an even worse situation. I mean, Alan Robinson is a free agent after the season. He's upset Reportedly, that they've given him the franchise tag. Uh, Donald Mooney, I guess, is okay, but certainly receivers um, after Robinson would be one of the worst bunches in all of football with number two down. Um, the offensive line, not all that good. Um, and has not made major strikes this offseason. And now they don't have a first-round pick next year to go out and get uh, Justin Fields a big weapon in next year's draft. So I... I'm happy he was taken relatively high. I'm happy he didn't fall any further, but I think given all the situations around the NFL, I I just, it's tough for me to believe that unless he's just an absolutely transcendent player and can just make everyone around him that much better, which is not out of the question. I I find it hard to believe that this coaching staff and this regime and the players around him on this offense are going to help him maximize uh, his potential and reach the ceiling that he clearly has coming out of school
1: it stinks because normally when you slide a little bit you end up in a good situation but somehow uh trey lance ended up in the best situation and got to go number three justin fields had to endure whatever embarrassment comes with uh sliding down the draft and still end up in a worse situation so yeah i'm with you i don't I don't suspect that he is going to save these jobs or have a great season. Uh, I hope that they don't completely ruin his career or whoever comes in afterwards, because I, I mean, maybe they have a chance. Varon Rodgers is committed to not playing. Maybe they can, I mean, it got in the playoffs last year, so maybe they'll find their way in the playoffs again and he'll have a good run and, and everything will be right. Because to be fair, they aren't completely terrible at building, rosters like they've gotten some good players in there they just really mess up this quarterback thing a lot and i guess also offensive line
0: Mm -hmm. that's those are the two most important things the quarterback thing is luck
1: though the quarterback thing is luck is it to some degree i mean the the trubisky draft was really unfortunate but oh
0: yeah for sure
1: but just in general like who knows how to draft quarterbacks like no one's really done it well consistently andy reed yeah i mean i guess
0: A- andy drafted Donovan McNabb in between right. tim couch and akili smith
1: good job and you could argue that maybe that's about andy reed uh, the coach mm-hmm. and and also the players they surrounded him with more than it is about the quarterback necessarily but Andy Reid might be the one person just in general I mean every year we kind of rank these quarterbacks and and uh we're always kind of surprised at the end of the year like no one thought Justin Herbert was going to be as good as he was and I it's it, I mean I could go on and on it, you can go deep in the draft like we just that that um position is so dependent it's hard to evaluate it coming out and also I guess it's the fact that the, it's very dependent makes it hard to to evaluate it once they get in the league.
0: So do you think it's overrated quarterback? Yeah, you do. Mm-hmm. Okay. So where I think you... it's more important
1: to have a good situation than it is to have some sort of transcendent talent at quarterback. I think we're, we are more likely like all the quarterbacks that we think are good or great. Like they landed in good situations. Like I think that's probably more determinative than the quarterback's talent alone because you're drafting in the first round, you're super talented.
0: So then out of these five quarterbacks, if you had to pick one to be the best guy five years from now, would you pick Trey Lance? Yep. That's smart. I would. I wish I had said yes first. wish I'd asked myself <laughs> the question before I asked you the question. Cause that's what I feel as well.
1: Right. Yeah, I think so. So, I mean, Trevor, good luck down there.
0: All right. Finishing up lightning round here, questions about other players around the first round of this draft. Okay. Kyle Pitts at four. Why do you think the NFL has not had a successful tight end or a, a legendary tight end come out of the top 10 in the last 40 years? And do you think Kyle Pitts is different?
1: Um, yes, Kyle Pitts is different. And I don't have an answer to your question. Why do you think so? Lightning rounds. Uh, time.
0: Trition, it's a, it's a tough position. There's only been like yeah. six or seven of them, and guys get hurt. And yeah. I mean, Vernon Davis is good. Like Vernon yeah. Davis had a very good career, but he just was not, you know, a Hall of Fame caliber player. Yeah. Um a so.
1: teammate of mine.
0: Once I saw him. Uh, once I lived in San Francisco, I was taking the uh, was taking the shuttle back from my job where I was paid not a lot of money to write about video games to the subway station and. This car, like this super super fancy like Lamborghini, uh, whizzed past us at like ninety miles an hour, and it was Vernon Davis. And I was like, Ben, we have different lives. (laughs) That that was that was what I felt in that moment. Uh, Bengals, Uh, are you upset they did not take an offensive lineman at five, and ended up going for Jamar Chase instead? And maybe not upset's the wrong word, but do you think it was a defensible move? Uh, I mean, it's
1: defensible because of what they have on the roster. I think it was the wrong move, but I, I understand that. I think that the internet probably oversimplified over, oversimplified the decision. Some people saying like, "Well, who are you going to throw it to if you're on your back?" Like, I don't think that if you that drafting Sewell is the only reason why um, Burrow won't be on his back. But I do think that a If you look at QBR, like, I think it's like a 20-point leap on average from quarterbacks under pressure and quarterbacks Mm -hmm. not under pressure. Uh, So I think having a strong offensive line, even if Sewell has to play guard at first or whatever, like, that to me feels more valuable, especially given the fact that they've spent high draft picks on receivers already. Like, they aren't a team without weapons with Higgins and Boyd and and Mixon. Like, they aren't in dire need of weapons. So... Mm -hmm. I I don't know. The best thing you can do for a young quarterback is protect him, especially one who the last time we saw him, his knee was going the other direction.
0: Mm. That's a little blunt of you, but it's the lightning round. So I can't complain. I have to go with it. Uh, The Panthers uh, drafted a cornerback at eight, JC Horn, and then picked up the fifth year option for Sam Darnold. Do you think that is a defensible move uh, committing to two years of Sam Darnold and not taking Justin Fields at eight?
1: Yeah. I think it's a defensible move. I mean, I I think Sam Darnold... Well, I mean, Sam Darnold hasn't been good. Sam Darnold is in that situation that, like, I fear for uh, Justin Fields, is that we get to the end of his tenure, and everyone's like, well, do we really know? But I feel like
0: we kind of... We kind of know. Yeah, we kind of know
1: on Sam Darnold, but I've I've let these people convince me that maybe there's something else there.
0: I mean, he has... Uh, you know, I, I don't know what the track record is for like finding a guy who was like Sam Darnold for a few years and who was uh suddenly good, but maybe it'll happen. Uh, maybe it's Troy Aikman, I guess.
1: Yeah, indefensible. You're right.
0: Sorry. Um, typically it's tough to be a good rookie cornerback, but you were one of them. What do you think is the secret to being a good rookie cornerback? Um,
1: what did we start the show with? Uh, Chant Bailey. I think better with Champ Bailey there.
0: Okay, that's fair. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, no, I, I mean, I don't know. I think that year was, I wasn't very good, but I got lucky, I guess. I guess right a lot. And I made the decision that I wasn't going to let anybody catch deep balls on me. So that was pretty much it. If you go back and watch my rookie year, like there's a, a lot of 10, 12 yard catches, but there ain't no 40, 50, 30 yarders out there. And I just catch them when they throw them to me and don't let them get behind you.
0: And They're don't fine. force fumbles.
1: Oh, yeah. Never forced them.
0: Uh Do you buy the argument that Devontae Smith is too small to be a successful NFL wide receiver? No. Why not? Because. Lightning <laughs> round.
1: No, I mean, I think that the, the argument is he's too small um, because maybe he won't be able to get off press. You watch him against NFL-level corners in college, he can get off press. Um, maybe he'll be fragile. Like, that's a, a potential possibility, but I, I mean, no one. The, they've legislated out a lot of the most dangerous hits, and like you see, plenty of receivers learning how when they have to go down, and like as long as he's smart, like I think he'll, I think he'll be fine. And he's, one sixty six and 6'1". Like other receivers are like in the eighties. Let's, we're not making it like he's one hundred twenty pounds. Like he'll be fine. He played at Alabama. He survived. Uh, I think he can do the same thing in the NFL.
0: I just don't get like. You know, if be one thing, if he'd never played football before and it was yeah. just like we were trying to convert him, like we have <laughs> footage, we have actual right. video of him playing against big people who are going to be in the <laughs> NFL. And like He yeah. was still good. Like, I just, yeah. you know, if he were playing for North Dakota State, it'd be a different story. I think you may at least those concerns, but he was playing for Alabama and he was like <laughs> the best player on the field a lot. Yeah, I think I think he is going to be like a hero in Philadelphia by the end oh. of this first season. Well, I mean like this is a city that loved Allen Iverson. Like an undersized sure. player who was like <sighs> thinks he can do anything with the ball in his hands. That is yeah. the exact kind of player Philadelphia was. Sean so Jackson was that kind of player. I yeah. feel like that is a fair discussion. The Steelers. Finish up here. Steelers take Dodge Harris 24th.
1: Indefensible.
0: That's, Indefensible. Why? Yes. I mean
1: I mean I, 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 they were bad at running the ball last year because they couldn't block people, not because they had a bad running back. So I, I don't think that's where you want to go right there at that moment. And like the best running back that that they've ever had on that team, they got in the second round. So Mm -hmm. chill out, get you some old linemen and, and, and ride this thing out with what you got. I, I don't really, or get a quarterback. I don't know. Like, I feel like that's more defensible in that spot than Najee Harris.
0: You don't have a lot of faith in Ben Roethlisberger, it sounds like. Do you? No. Okay.
1: I don't know. The way you presented it was like, maybe I'm wrong. Like I, 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 that's what not, I wanted.
0: I want, to, I want to leave you just yeah. slightly uneasy with every one of your answers. <laughs> he's, he's not
1: Mason Rudolph, but I, I think his best days are behind him.
0: Okay, one more question. I lied. Ravens, draft or shot Bateman. Uh, they add Sammy Watkins this year. Do you think they did enough this offseason for Lamar Jackson?
1: Yeah, you do. I think, yeah. I mean, as far as bringing in uh, receivers, yeah, I think so. Like that, I, I think Bateman is a top of the draft guy and a normal receiver year, which maybe we never see a normal receiver year again because last year was a crazy receiver year, also. But I think we saw last year and the year before that, actually there were guys who went in the second round who turned out to be really great receivers. Mm -hmm. So I think I really liked Rashard Bateman. So adding him alone, I thought was good. Sammy Watkins, like I can't get, I don't remember what publication it was in, but it was a couple of years ago. There was a Sammy Watkins profile where it just kind of had Sammy Watkins explaining his connection to other dimensions and, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> do you remember this? It might no, have been police I report. Don't. Oh, I'll find it and send it to you. Sammy Watkins has some unique theories about his ability to control things with his mind. And, oh, yeah. um, and it is like, yeah. And like spirits living in, in the corners of rooms and, and stuff. So, uh, he's a good football player, but once I read that thing, I can't think about Sammy Watkins without thinking about there's some some thing, interesting things happening in his head, so maybe it'll make him a great football player or a better football player, but I do think that those are sufficient weapons uh, to add to Hollywood, who hasn't been the number one that everybody wanted, but it's okay. He's good receiver.
0: So if Lamar Jackson does not win another MVP this season, you're going to say he's trash on television?
1: MVP? You got to win a Super Bowl.
0: So MVP would not even be enough?
1: Mm-mm. I'm out on Lamar Jackson. If he doesn't win a Super Bowl, they should switch him to receiver and, and trade for a uh, Mac Jones.
0: You heard about it directly from <laughs> the man himself.
1: Bottom line, it put it on the bottom line, guys.
0: Just add, you know, they have NFL, MLB, NBA. Just add uh, a bottom line section. That's just Dominique. <laughs> because Dominique <laughs> Foxworth needs to be on the ticker at all times. Dominique, please tell people where they can check out more of your work
1: don't know the internet google it
0: though no, you got to do better than that
1: all right i wrote something about richard sherman in the 2011 draft um you can check that out at the undefeated.com and i don't know uh television turn it to espn any at any given moment my face is probably up there saying something stupid
0: all right that's good enough i'll take it
1: okay you're welcome thank you Doctor. you didn't right? thank me
0: <laughs> i was trying to you cut me off it's friday All right, Dominique Foxworth's the best. Love having Dominique on the show. He's on Twitter at Foxworth24. Yes, Foxworth24. Check out Dominique. One of the best in the business. A absolute legend of the podcast space and a pretty good football player, uh, despite what he says as well. We're coming back next week. Uh, We talked about the first round today. Hope you guys enjoyed it. We'll be talking more about the NFL draft, I think, in the next couple of weeks, maybe recapping some of the drafts on the whole. Uh, Hope you guys got what you wanted under the tree for draft season. Hope you got the player you were looking for. Um, If you didn't, well, hopefully things work out better for you in the rounds to come or your team trades for Aaron Rodgers. One of those two things would be great, but we'll be back next week talking more about the NFL draft. So thanks so much for listening.